Just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. Uh, and I haven't been to Europe. Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now can pass things without a filibuster threat. That's right. Oh, you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. My God, she's terrible. I, I haven't been to Europe. Uh, incredible. Now that's worst. how you run away from answering some questions. It's just the worst. We have, uh, we have a, a wild program for you today. The first thing I think we should probably announce is I'm not in this studio, but we now have a ruthless studio. We do. The ruthless studio is live and, and it's incredible. Let me tell you, folks. Uh, ruthless podcast is infrastructure. Yeah, there you go. You know. There you go. Ruthless podcast is infrastructure. Well, we've we've had just such incredible support from all the listeners, and we figured, you know, it's time for us to start up and up in our game here. Yeah. So hopefully, well, we all, sound rich and you and look full. fantastic. Yeah. You sound even better. I can't wait to get back there next week. I'm sorry I'm not there today, but I will say, I am bringing a full effort despite being on vacation. There you go. Thank That's you. all you can ask. Thank you for your service, sir. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I, I, I like that you appreciate it. We have a big interview today. Governor Greg Gianforte. Gotta love this guy. Huh? The Smog? living legend. The living legend. And it, I mean, there, there's, I can't say enough good things about him. Hopefully everyone knows out, everyone out there knows about this, you know, heroic man and what he's done to defend our freedoms. He's willing to fight <laughs> to do what it takes. To make sure conservative values. Come on. I've got know, one. I got one dependent. serious. I have one serious observation, and then and then the not serious observation. The serious observation is, after talking with him, and you're going to find out during this interview. I've never actually spoken to anybody more prepared to do a job than that guy Seriously. was to be governor of Montana. He is in, incredibly well prepared in implementing stuff right away. I mean, it's like a, it's no secret you get a guy who's created like five companies tens of thousands of jobs and uh, you, you put him in, in as governor and within like five months, he already has a full agenda going on. Like this I is also a, want, a man of action. I, I also want to note for the record, we did not ask him about fighting journos. We asked him about important things. I mean, let's be serious. The guy has, since he's shown up, he's already like cut taxes there. Uh, the unemployment rate is is like far below the national average. At, at, at early April, I want to say it was three point seven percent, right? And then you're hearing that like you can't get anyone to work in like New York. All all, all the blue states are having trouble. Well, Governor Greg is showing how it's done. Well, he's a tough guy, and we all know that. And uh, and I I'm more than happy to have him on the program. The next thing we got going on, gosh, it's just an action packed candy episode here. It is. I mean, I wanted to make sure that we give a shout out, an international shout out, because we we've now I, I Dunks. How many countries do we have that are people listening? Oh, God, I don't know. The heat map like is everywhere. Everyone like except two. I think we still it's have no one in North Korea. No one in Madagascar. Which, come on, in Madagascar, North Korea. They're just not letting. Like they're just not going to tell you, right? Right. We should just airdrop like 
the pod like yeah drop usb like sticks, le- le- let freedom soar. leaflets we'll, we'll drop leaflets <laughs> with our url on, on the- them across the like line of control of south korea that's right <laughs> well we got we have a special shout out to josh in ethiopia who is a avid listener and and a frequent commenter and we appreciate his good listenership that's right i mean the sun never sets on the ruthless empire at this point outstanding work folks oh yeah so did you guys see well hold on do we have a merch update well yeah we do i mean we i've been fielding a lot of mentions on twitter some dms from a lot of minions (laughs) thanks guys for encouraging people to continue to cyber bully me it's really it's made my timeline a living hell um so you know by popular demand we have introed some new merch uh baby toddler and youth merch yes um so you know i mean if if you'd like a onesie we have a two-year-old at home i think i'm gonna get some ruthless merch just so you know at daycare or 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 whatever you know the other parents know what's up it's family program i mean you know yeah no you have it's a well it sends a message too yeah real message sender yeah it is the other thing is, um, I know we talked about this previously on the program, that there was a number of T-shirts that we had to sell in order for you to unlock the banana hammock. I'm wondering if we are getting any closer to that, Michael. <laughs> okay. I'm never going to unlock the banana <laughs> yeah. hammock. Let's just be clear, because I know I know the slippery slope of the banana hammock. And that, that, that ends with me having to be in a picture with wearing the banana hammock, and that gets <laughs> tweeted out. So I, I will not be ever doing that. However, yes, there's a lot of other merch that we will be able to unlock. I know people want hats and stuff like that. I'm all for it. But uh, I think these deliveries have to go out before any of that's unlocked in the store. And so, you know, it should be in the next week or so. So feel free to cyber bully me about yeah. the merch and um, unlock the hammock. And I will not unlock the hammock. <laughs> okay. not happening. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the other. We have to... Um, ask that for people who are getting their gear and i know a number of people who've already started receiving the gear tweet us a picture of these things man that's right make sure everybody's fully satisfied with the product because we know how much that mr duncan has put into this artisanal yeah so so send those send those pics over to uh ruthless podcast on twitter and the URL, I want to make sure I get this right. It's store.ruthlesspodcast.com. Yep, that's right. Or you can just go to the ruthlesspodcast.com website. It's there in the navigation. I already got my sticker, the hoodie, the shirt. Yeah, I, you know, I got the sticker and I put it on my computer. I'm really excited. Right off the bat. I'm excited to get on like an airplane with that. Oh, yeah. Just, just dominate. Yeah, it's like Fight Club too. If you see that somewhere else, you just give them a wink. Everybody Little wink. Give them a nod. They know. <laughs> yep, they know. All right. So did you guys see the cicadas thing? You know, I've been mixed on cicadas because they're awfully annoying. They're loud as hell. It sounds like you're in a stadium all the time uh, here in the mid-Atlantic region with these brood X cicadas by the thousands surrounding us. But, you know, maybe some good news came out of the cicadas. Right. So apparently, folks, uh, cicadas are the good guys. He says cicadas. (laughs) He says cicadas. Biden's press plane was about to head off to Europe, and then the cicadas invade the engine. They just, like, swarm the engine, killing themselves for the cause to make sure the journals are grounded. Uh, And then, so the story, this is from MSN. Reporters gathered at a Marriott hotel near Dulles International Airport. First off, haha, they had to take Dulles. Uh, 
They were told <laughs> by a White House aide that the insects had flown into the engine, causing mechanical problems that required the airline to obtain a new plane and a new captain for the flight, which is awesome because the previous captain was like, I'm not going out there with this us. <laughs> That's not me. Uh, the journals ended up delayed more than five hours. Excellent news. Finally, some good news. Did the did the cicada cicada did the cicada take the captain off the plane with them? How the hell did that work? <laughs> I'd love to see the the cicada be like, "I'm the captain now." Like <laughs> you're not you're not flying anymore, buddy. We're here to save humanity and keep the journals on the ground. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not it. like they'd actually be doing their job traveling with Biden, anyways. He's got enough PR. They don't need to fly over there. Once every 17 years. We well, uh, uh, apparently, Biden isn't even doing the job. Apparently, Jill Biden's doing the job. She tweeted out a picture from Air Force One. That's right. Uh, that says she's prepping for the G7. And she's sitting at the president's yeah, desk. Because they have like an office for the president on that thing. First lady. Yeah. She's first caretaker <laughs> sitting. And she's, and she's a doctor, folks. First. Doctor, first caretaker sitting in the president's chair. She's making sure he's in the back eating pudding, probably taking a nap. You know, we've got somebody at the wheel. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> in all seriousness, I imagine what she was doing is just trying to troll people like us, right? There was no way that that was a serious, like, I don't, I don't, it's hard to give these people credit. They aren't the sharpest knives in the door, you know? Ah. Well, I just remember when like Ivanka Trump was having some conversation at the G7. I don't know what the, I think it was like a G7 oh, or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. And they flipped out. The libs on Twitter were like, she does not represent us. She is not the president. Why is she there? And we got, you know. Oh, we, the best is that they're like. Jill doing Joe's homework. They're like, why, why, why are Trump family members involved with international affairs? Why is Jared Kushner out there? It's like, well, folks, it's probably because he's bringing about world peace. Yeah. Jared Kushner is hard at work bringing peace in the Middle East that the Biden administration has already literally blown up in his first few months. Unbelievable. It literally is incredible. Well, listen, there's another other hot topic while we're on the Bidens. Uh, did you see this TikTok news? I did. I did. So this, this upsets me. So, uh, yeah, I know a lot of folks out there enjoy their fun little TikTok videos and whatnot. Uh, I'm not a fan of the app. It is straight up, you know, it, it, it's not just made in China. It's already been very well known, the ties that that app and company have to the Chinese government. Yeah, it's a data mining operation for the CCP. That's exactly I mean, what it is. That's what it is. That's all it is. Uh, Which isn't good. I mean, think about this for a second. Like, we know that, right? Yeah. Our Intel services had that. And because Amazon does work with the Department of Defense and the cloud servers and everything else, every employee of Amazon cannot download TikTok. Like this has all been public forever that basically this is a huge problem that you can't ignore that they're actually trying to steal all the data for the government of China. Well, so, uh, so TechCrunch reported that TikTok's US privacy policy now says the app may collect biometric identifiers like face prints or voice prints from its users' content and will ask for permission where required by law. Where? And that's the thing is they, because they knew uh, a major problem we have right now in the U.S. is our laws have not caught up to the technology. I think there's something going like eight states in the U.S. that have any sort of a uh, rule on the books pertaining to the asking for yeah. uh, permission for biometrics. The other 42, I mean, that's the thing is like the Chinese government figured out they're like, listen, the youth of today, what do we know about them? They're narcissistic. So why don't we just like give them an app where they can sing and dance and 
and try to get some clout. And we will collect location data, biometric data, and help our like AI learn how to better identify humans. Because the way that they deploy this information, the, the way that the Chinese government deploys this information is, is nefarious. It's disgusting. They've already got it implemented in multiple, like, like in stores, they have cameras that if it can detect facial features of a Uyghur, it alerts authorities to come get this person. Jeez. That's what they're doing with the technology. And every all, all the people singing and dancing on that app, they're just teaching that AI how to do yeah, its job yeah, better. Yeah, it's all that machine learning, just so, like because there's so many people. So think about that next time you want to like sing and dance on TikTok, folks. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So um, the Trump administration took action on this, if you recall. Yep. Yes, they, they did. Ban- they essentially banned it, and they, they forced a sale and or merger and they were going to continue to just sort of enforce an, a, a, a policy against TikTok. Well, it turns out the Biden administration just pulled back on all that. Yep. I mean, like, luckily, so at this point, they still haven't uh, made a call forcing the Defense Department to go back because the de- uh, Defense Department is still no TikTok on anybody's phones. They know the threat that it faces and how it is absolutely just like a tool for the Chinese government. Um but who knows? You know, you're going to have Kamala say, I, I see the soldier of the future having she's going to have a, a, a solar panel in one hand and a TikTok, you know, on her phone in the other. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. How else would the substitute teachers of the world survive a pandemic while they're not teaching other than dancing on TikTok? There you go. There you go. Yikes. Well, um, listen, you know what I want to do first? I want to get right into we have some Hollywood news. Yes, we do. Mm. And we obviously have to bring in Hollywood Hen for all of this and get a fresh update for what's going on in entertainment. Yes, I have a great update for everyone. I can't wait. I'm so excited about this. King Kanye, Kanye West has rebounded from Kim Kardashian and now is dating Irina Shayk, a Russian model. Internationally renowned. Oh, yeah. Russian model. They were spotted getting romantic on a trip to France for his 44th birthday. Mm. And there have been some exclusive photos and they look like they're getting rather cozy. So, yeah, I'm, you know, a huge Connie supporter. It's very clear. He's he's the winner here. Same. Agree. Like uh, we actually agree. Yeah, we do. Because I mean, you can't you can't deny the truth. Mm -hmm. The guy makes gospel albums. You know, he, he hangs out with Trump when he wants to. Uh, and, and look at this. He's escaped the like horrific Kardashian family. Yeah. You know, God knows what they subjected that poor guy to. He's, he's free yeah. from them. He's in France, right? That's where yeah, they're in France. He's in France hanging out with a Russian supermodel. Kanye, you deserve this. Yeah. You winning. deserve this. And he also just released his, you know, he did a partnership with Gap. And he released one jacket. That's right. Like, or pre-sale or something like that. And it sold out like immediately. The guy just just wins good he for just kanye. wins over and over good for kanye you know he's just an absolute legend and look you know last time we had you on there was a little bit of consternation yeah in the pod because mm-hmm. we took the side of ben affleck that's right totally um but look dude stay winning what but, can i say so that's the thing is i think the theme is this is just like summer of dudes that dgaf <laughs> yeah it's kanye it's affleck they're just winning unstoppable forces like, listen, typically when a dude's divorced, you get that like bad divorce dad energy. Things aren't going well. well I, right. I, this summer is the the DGF dudes are going to stay winning. I will also like to say two points. 
One, um, it's notable that they were in France because that's also where he took Kim Kardashian when they first started dating. King so I was kind of like, she got robbed there though, right? Didn't yeah, she get that robbed? Was years, that was years later. That was years later. But when they first started that, like France was like their special place, you know, they did um, some wedding stuff there and it was like their special place. And now he's taking her there. He's and then one play, I know, got one I know play. And it apparently well, works. No, well, I'm going to tell you that's, that's a, that's an absolute classic play. Is is after a, a divorce or breakup or something like that, you take the new one to a place that the old one left to spike the football. I mean, I think that's know. kind of what's Game happening. Game is over. I'm back out there. I would Good also like to say this: this dropped, you know, within hours of yesterday's tweet by Kim Kardashian, where she posted a picture of them together, saying "Love you for life" and wishing him happy birthday. And then today, oh, this story drops. And at the same time, he's like in France with a model, with the supermodel. Oh man, Kanye. He's I mean, like, he deserves he's just, this. It's just, it's just like total brutal, victory. just knife after knife there. So he's Our like, God. he's like the the 1980s Oklahoma Sooners football team, right? It's like option left, option right. He's got the France play, and that's the, that's about it. That's right. just the way you roll. Simple but effective. Yeah, Simple, I will effective. exactly. I would like to say too, you know, so Kanye's moved on with this Russian model, and then the rumors on the Kim side. These are all rumors, everyone. Rumors that she's dating Van Jones. Whoa! Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will it, say, I, I, like, obviously, I don't agree with any of Van Jones's politics, but I, I actually had to work with him a little bit at CNN. He was a very nice guy. Well, and he said glowing things about Kim when asked. Oh, interesting. And so I was reading some people's comments and people were noting that how convenient Kim dates Kanye when she wants to break into the fashion world. Ooh. And now she's dating Van Ooh. Jones when she wants to break into the legal world. Ooh. Mm-hmm. She's no dummy either. <laughs> I mean, I bet, you know what this is? This is probably like somehow Kris Jenner has masterminded this. She's like, <laughs> okay, the entire time. This is the career move. <laughs> Trying I to get you so into much. law. I mean, world's most effective stage mom in history. In history. In absolute history. Mm-hmm. We went from a sex tape to like a worldwide empire across like 10 verticals. Yeah, there's like multiple yeah. billionaires among yeah. the kids now. At this point. But that was the move back then. Like yeah. Paris Hilton did the same thing. That was like, that That was your playbook. You know, every generation kind of has a playbook and and the sex tape was like a clear. It's a horrific one. It should be the Kanye path. You put out a yeah. gospel album and look what happens. Get yourself a supermodel. <laughs> And I mean, he may be a nice guy, but let's be serious. Let's compare, you know, because it's all about winning. Where's the next one? Who won? And I got to say, you know, uh, internationally renowned Russian supermodel beats Van Jones. Oh, yeah. I give this round to Kanye. For sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I, I mean, he put, I also, just, points want, on the scoreboard. I also just want him to win because I feel like. I don't know. I, I agree. Just, I, I feel like the demise of their relationship. Like was just because Kanye was being Kanye and she didn't like it anymore. Right. And I mean, you, you know, you, you you can judge a person by, um, you know, what 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 they're focused on, what their interests are, what what's important to them. The guy just talks about uh, God and his mom constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good man. You find someone mm-hmm. like that, that's a good man. Well, he clearly has like some manic tendencies sometimes. Mm-hmm. But his brain works so fast and he's so yeah, smart. He, he's literally, he's so, actually a genius. He actually is a genius. Yeah. Like, I know he says all that stuff and it sounds crazy, but like, you know, I mean, do yourself a favor. Listen to him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the the man clearly is extremely smart because he just thinks of things in a different sort of way. Right. And it's just sort of the price of that genius is also he's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love his hear- I love his fashion. 
can you guys hear the thunder going on in my, I like think my house just got hit by lightning. Luckily, we didn't hear it. No. Oh, my God. This is just like. You got to get some studio-grade mics over there, man. Do you have to, like, stop, drop, and roll or something over there? You know what this reminds me of? I was afraid my microphone was going to sit a laser in the middle of my forehead. (laughs) Do you you remember the early episode of Ruthless that Smug did from the the bunker, the bottom of that hotel (laughs) in in Cairo? That was something. Yeah. I mean, this is almost as dangerous as that. Are you on vacation? Do you remember the very first one where he did one, like his microphone was basically non-existent. It sounded like he was recording it. And that's another thing is it's fun to look back how far we have come, folks. You all have come very far. We, it's a team. (laughs) It is a team. It's been like, it's been a long road out of like, escaping uh you know in cairo being put into like can i a, a secure can i room. just can i just circle back to one hollywood thing because there is a quick update on the j-lo and ben affleck Ooh, that yes. i think she's moved i think i read this that she's moving back to la to be closer to ben affleck really so here's my thing i'm still oh anti-affleck but all of this has really actually i'm starting to become a little anti-j-lo Wow. Because if she can be making these dumb decisions, I don't know if I can trust nope, her judgment. Nope, nope. This is the genius of Affleck. He's now turned her on her instead of him. I mean, this guy's brilliant. I'm against both of them. I'm just See, against both I, of them I now. I fully support, uh, yet again, some right. of the DGF dude. I fully support dudes who are, who are encouraging you know, powerful women to make these dumb decisions because <laughs> all they want to do is just chain smoke and drink. Yeah. Good for you, Ben Affleck. Keep up the good work. <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough run for that branded dude for the last few years. But I, think, I need some corner. women. I need some women wins this summer. I don't know where I'm going to get them from, but I, I need them from somebody. Well, we're going to have a few on the program, Hen. So hopefully we can get some some good women leadership. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. a good Just, tease. I guess of, I'm of looking at list. the wrong place because they're nowhere to be found in Hollywood for me at this point. <laughs> there you All go. right. So do we have any more Hollywood or is that it? Nope, that's it. I'll keep you posted if there's any more Kanye updates. Hollywood hen, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for that update. See, Fellas, they've, they've been so great lately. Every I time know. I get one of those, it's just like dudes stay winning. They They're do. always great. They're always great. <laughs> Fellas, let's play a game. Let's do it. Let's play a game. Which let's- game do you want? Guys, we're gonna play two games today. That's right. This is a this is like a super candy episode. Like you're you're we're not giving you any veggies today, folks. No. You've been very good. It's gonna be just candy, candy, candy. Demor Journo, King of the Hill, and G and Forte. Let's go. Seriously. Let's go. Okay, let's play uh Demor Journo first. Okay. I think f- before we get into the game, though, we gotta play the theme music. Yep. Nobody knows. Oh, it's so nice. The best it definitely goes on two stanzas too long. It's a little long. <laughs> but you gotta complete the the verse, you know? I mean, it's just I love it's it. I mean, every time I hear it, I, I really can't believe we, we, we start a company. We get to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is work. This is awesome. Dumb songs. <laughs> it's great. It's great. All right. So you, you'll all recall I was robbed by an activist judiciary last time we played this game. Just unbelievable. Many people saying. Wow. Yeah. All right. Just, let's go. So first, first, this is just for the listeners. Because oh, there on. may be some folks. He does their first episode. He still doesn't he know doesn't, the game. So what no, are the rules? <laughs> so so Demorjourno. Um, I will read four statements, three of which are from members of the media, and one that's from a Dem 
operative, Democrat operative. Okay, I'm sorry. So three are from members <laughs> of the media. He's writing this down. He's writing it down right now. Three, three media, one, one uh, journal. One journal. I'm going to read all four, and then each of you have to tell me which one is the Dem. Wait, which one's the journal? There's three Dems and one journal. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. The, keep you on your toes because I know these rules, folks. Oh, he does not know the rules. <laughs> it, there are three statements from the media, and there's and there's one dem operative. No, there's three dems and one journal. That is incorrect. Really? Okay, so this he still doesn't know. He still doesn't. So, know so the these are three. He's getting me confused now. So, so it's only one one journal, three journals. It is three journals, three journals. and one Democrat operative. I mean, I need that. I'm going to read all four, and then you're going to tell me which one is the dem operative. Okay. okay got it. You guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Statement number one. And these are all themed on Joe Manchin, since he's been getting a lot of attention Perfect. here from Perfect. the media, um, as they like to play activist arm of the Democratic Party. Okay. So statement number one, Joe Manchin's position will allow Republicans to destroy democracy. <laughs> Holy cow. So Again, there's three journals and one dem. Three journals, one dem. Wow. Okay. But but just so just so you have clarification, smug. Now that you're paying close attention to the rules, just so everyone knows, journal, they take this particular jury. Oh come takes on. Some liberties with the definition of a journal, like you know, if you work at a media organization at all, apparently it's a. It's a I mean, honestly, the, the 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 whole media itself has taken far too many liberties with defining yeah, themselves as journalists. No that's the problem no folks okay um that criticism aside from the peanut gallery i'm going to go to statement number two the senator has effectively given republicans veto power wow statement number three is there any point to the NAACP or other civil rights groups meeting with Senator Joe Manchin at this point? Wouldn't that be roughly like having MLK sit down with old Strom Thurmond? Oh, God. I, I, this is shocking. Holy shit. That's I mean, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I mean, I think I, I have a tell. So when we when we discuss the results, I got I got to talk about that one. OK. And then here's number four. I don't think our founding fathers anticipated the survival of this democratic experiment to rest in the hands of a man who lives on a houseboat. I think I remember that. <laughs> oh, that's a tell. That's a tell. Uh, wow. So again, to be clear, there is only one Dem operative among these. There's only one Dem operative. I know. I, so here's, there are three I got the tell. I got the here's tell. The thing. I know the answer and I know Duncan, it because that's because shocking I, uh, up until the first three it was tough the fourth is only the thing is so i think this is a total success because every one of these could be a demo or journal with that fourth one like everyone blew that one up because that was bonkers that was bonkers where it came from that's right it it, it is bonkers I, I i will compliment the judge for his curation all of these i want to know the names of each of them True. I'll say yeah. just my answer. Number four was was Senator Durbin's press secretary. That's right. Who, Going who, for gold. Look at this guy. Who, who not only to, is a dem operative, he's got the name. Yeah. He's well, she receipts. had delete. She had delete. And lock her account. I remember this. This is how effective the minions are. We send the minions. <laughs> and she's like, I got to lock my account. So, so, That's so, 
the ultimate victory. I I, I debated <laughs> I debated not including it because I thought it might be obvious uh, for us uh, for us obvious yeah. you know not not necessarily for all of our listeners. Um, but the whole houseboat thing, oh, I, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't. It's too and, good. I got it is so good. And you know I I, I I appreciate it a lot because it's just such a shout out to the minions who just like swarmed that garbage so oh, hard. Yeah. So he lives on a houseboat? Oh, yeah. That's no, he awesome. lives on a houseboat. That's uh, There has been... A, <laughs> I've probably that's so awesome, honestly. That's so, I, I mean, that's that's goals. Yeah, seriously. And, and, back, and back to our Hollywood segment, that is like divorced, middle-aged dude goals. Well, seriously. Sure, you know? I, mean, I would Ooh, love yeah, Except that's not the way he rolls. His wife is the head of the Appalachian Regional Commission. That's so cool. Houseboat life. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, you know, kind of an aside. Shout out to the minions in West Virginia who keep blowing up me and Foldy's inbox. We will come to West Virginia. I promise you. Oh, dude, we're definitely. Gonna... We will come to West Virginia. We're definitely. So, we have we have one really big announcement at some point about our first road trip. Dun, but dun, dun. rest assured, rest assured, West Virginia will be on the list. Absolutely. So. Um, I, I think we should just get straight into this because well, like, let, me, let, let me read, let me one, read two or three, one, two, and three are all the journalists. Totally. Four, so, no, no, yeah, I want to know the, the names of these people. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give them to you here. So number one, Joe Manchin's position will allow Republicans to destroy democracy was, uh, in New York magazine. That was Jonathan Chait. Jesus. <laughs> um, terrible. Number two. Uh, the Senate has effectively given Republicans veto power. Um, that was in the New York Times. And it was by Weissman. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Jonathan Weissman. Wow, good call. Congressional correspondent. Third one. So can you read it? And I want to get into this because I think it's very germane. The third one? Yes, please. Is there any point to the NAACP or other civil rights groups meeting with Senator Joe Manchin at this point? Wouldn't that be roughly like having MLK sit down with old Strom Thurmond? See, so this is, I think, a very uh, poignant example, and it's a great pick, Duncan, because it's very telling of what the media considers their job to be. Right. The media no longer considers their job to be like, you know, shining light on darkness. The media at this point has become, hey, let's give ideas to dem operatives. Let's give them some like tips on messaging to run with. Let's help these people out with some talking points. And that's 100% what this is. They're just like trying to introduce an idea out there, throw it out into the universe, hope to manifest it into some talking points that some dem operatives will run with. It's yeah. like, it, it, it's, just, it, it's just a cycle, right? Where uh, dems, will typically, Dem operatives will have access to any member of the media that they can feed oppo to, that they can feed talking points to, and, and that journal will write it up, you know, like a good little boy that clap their hands like they're, you know, a little pet and say, I need you to run with this. And then it's a cycle. And then the journal, when they have these like harebrained ideas of something insane like that, they're like, oh, hopefully, uh, you know, I, I can think one of these Dem operatives uh, we'll run with my idea. Yeah, that right. can be cool. They can just throw up all these trial balloons Bingo. to test all these different messages. And then the Democrats run with with, with whichever one sticks, right? Yeah. So that was actually Joy Reid. Of course. Uh, on MSNBC. Of course. You can kind of tell <clears throat> that 
you can kind of tell it's smugs in like a three drink pocket right yep. now. The I, I, I'm in the zone. Is, it's, is, it's, is, this, it's, it's before I hit the like five drinks where I'm still cogent. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like mad about how these how, how how the left plays their game well it's 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 so smart i mean remember um when there was that huge outcry about the georgia election law and Holmes, you did television on it and they yeah. were saying oh it's jim crow 2.0 and the other talking point and the one um that got you in a little bit of trouble apparently was um well, they just, they banned water at the polls. Can't have water. Oh, yeah. No, water's banned. We yeah. banned it. Yep. And it's like, no. It that just, was such a complete lie. That it took off. Yeah, right. And it took off. But it's a perfect example of what Smug's talking about. And that is they just throw everything at the wall. All of these yep. yeah. media personalities. And they see what sticks. And what gets through the cracks becomes the message. I mean, I'm sure and nobody, like, ever, not- nobody even questions the premise of it either. No. So it, it becomes, it's not like you're stuck trying to defend the legislation, right. Right? right? So I'm like, no, it actually doesn't ban water at the polls, which it doesn't. But like, we just well, skipped by the fact that somehow now we as voters expect that the government is going to provide soft drinks in a, in a water yeah, cooler. Right, and a, right. You know, like, dude, just vote. And right. I mean, that's the whole point of it is, so I'm sure like 90% of the people listening to this who have voted, you've seen those like, you know, uh, posters as you walk up to the poll site saying that like, no electioneering allowed within like 100 feet of the front door. Right. You right. know, like you can't be out there handing out like palm cards and, and, and stuff if you're on a campaign. Like ev- ev- pretty much everyone knows this. So the rule is campaigns can't be out there being like, hey, vote for Stacey Abrams on a water bottle, handing those right. out in line. I mean, right. uh, oh, would you like some water? Also vote yes on the bond. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> you know who these people are. Bingo. And it's annoying. I mean, it's the it, same reason why you you go to the mall and you always don't make eye contact with the people in the kiosks in the middle, you know, because they're trying to sell you something and they're very oh. aggressive. It's the same thing that we just don't want political operatives trying to give you water and tell you who to vote for. Yeah, like back in my day, damn operatives at least had the initiative to like, uh, uh, go out and round up uh, folks and hand them a carton of cigarettes and then drive them to the poll site to do their electioneering. Now, now, damn operatives are too lazy. They're just like, we want to electioneer right there. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> for <our> yeah. <clears throat> oh, God. Well, that's great. Uh, look, you guys nailed it, obviously. Congratulations. But great picks, honestly. I mean, they're so telling of of the problems that we have right it's now. It's great, dude. And, and, and this is just the beginning, right? It's, yep. it, it is interesting to see how the Joe Manchins and the Kirsten cinemas of the world have become the new Mitch McConnell in the minds of, of these lib journos and these activists is that anything that's in any way an impediment to a radical left-wing agenda on day one becomes white supremacy, you know, racism, Jim Crow, yeah, right. you know, you know, so you love to see it. And, and the other takeaway is I also want to give a huge shout out to on the Hill, all those comms directors, in the Senate, all those comms directors on the Republican side, you you work so hard to try to get anything to break into the media where for like, I mean, imagine being a Dem comms director. It's like, okay, all I have to do is just like send an email and I get an article, you know, yeah, or, or, or the, or the journals are already putting the talking points together for us. So shout out to all the comms peeps, directors, that's those why DMs, peeps. all of them. Yeah. We'll get your folks on the show. That's it. We will get them on the show, but that's why our peeps are so imminently hireable, by the way, they go out into the, the corporate yeah. world and everybody in, in corporate America is like, Oh my gosh, this person works their tail off. Seriously. It's right. like, yeah, man, that's how hard it is. That's how hard it is. All right. Game one is in the books. We got a segment that we want to, that we want to get to here and it smashes a whole bunch of things together. 
but I felt like we needed to. Everybody's talking about Kamala Harris and what a disaster her first international trip is. Seriously. Her like total bungle with Lester Holt over being at the border. Like all that is the most predictable <laughs> thing in the world. Like you knew this was going to happen. You got now Biden going to the G7. He looks terrible. His wife sitting in the seat on the way, you know, doing the studying. Their agenda, they announce, is in the hands of Shelley Moore Capito. Oh, wait, now we're not negotiating with the West Virginia senator. We're negotiating with a Republican from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to tell you, if your agenda is not going to land on the imminently reasonable desk of Shelley Moore Capito, you're not going to get Republicans anywhere, anywhere. So, so I love this topic. It's, I think it needs to be you know, hammered into folks' heads, this very simple fact. Uh, no matter what, you know, the, these K-Hive journos, it's, it's sickening. There, there were journos who were out in California that were just like uh, clothes shopping with Kamala during primaries. Yeah. Like, this is normal. There was the, Univ- the Univision reporter just the other day, I saw it on Twitter, who asked a question to Kamala Harris and prefaced it by saying, I just want to let you know that I voted for you. Unbelievable. And, yeah. and so here's the thing. So like Univision tried saying that like, okay, this wasn't one of our journos. Well, that's not the point. The point is that right. people who have press passes who are asking, asking the, the vice questions, president right. questions, that's what it is. Is like the end the end person, the, the 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 actual, you know, public is being told, I am a fan of yours, dear leader. Uh please tell us what to think. That's stunning. But again, to, it's very important that everyone see this through the prism of the simple fact that Kamala Harris dropped out of the primary before a single vote was cast. That's how good she is at yeah, her job. She's terrible because she's terrible. And she managed to land the only real blow on Joe Biden. I mean, yeah, she, I mean, that was that was great. So, so that, shout out to her for just like destroying him on stage. That was the other thing I was going to say, Holmes, is like the only like positive little boomlet she had in her whole presidential campaign was calling the now president a, a racist. racist. <laughs> it's just incredible. I mean, she's, she's a rolling disaster. Can you imagine right from the very beginning? They're like, okay, well, let's put Kamala in charge of the border crisis because this is a, this is a bad deal. You want to provide some separation from the president himself. She's like fields questions about she's not going there. It's been months and months. Nothing has changed at the border. She can't attend. Like it's remedial. This is remedial politics. They can't figure out how to send this woman to the border for 20 minutes. Look around and say, here are like four solutions. Unbelievable. I mean, who are no literally? This is the most incompetent administration I've ever been around. I've ever seen. It really is. Nobody is talking about you here. If you're a listener of the Ruthless Variety program, we've talked about it for months. But the fact of the matter is these people walked in and they chose an agenda. The first thing on the agenda item was a coronavirus relief bill, the likes of which received 98 plus votes in the United States Senate on not one, but two occasions under President Trump. Mm -hmm. And they made it an entirely partisan product. It passed by the skin of their teeth, Democrats only. Yep. The next thing up, nothing. Nothing. The nothing. agenda is just like DOA. Like I, I said this before, the first hundred days of administration are are essentially that's when when they've got their most political capital. That's when you go big, you make it clear what you're about, and and it's I mean 
we, we, you know, the, the images say everything. The first hundred days of this administration is, I guess, Joe Biden's like eating pudding or taking a nap. And like, hopefully, you know, the first doctor caretaker, Jill Biden at his desk is uh, holding things together. What's their accomplishment? What's so, their accomplishment? So, Obama in the first hundred days, uh, President Obama in the first hundred days put forth his like healthcare thing. Okay. I'm not a fan of it, but it's still, uh, still at the same time. I mean, he has at least tried to put forth yeah, an agenda. agenda. Right, right, right. These guys, These guys have nothing. They well, have nothing. So I, I think there's two things that are happening. Number one, to, to, to Smug's point on the agenda side, I think number one, you know, Biden went very bold with a very left wing agenda, sort of on purpose to sort of create a contrast against the Republicans and try to build um, the narrative that we have to eliminate the filibuster, pack the court, all of these institutional changes that they want, which mm -hmm. is very much against the whole return to norms that he sold totally. in the campaign. But but in having that agenda be extremely left wing and guaranteeing universal Republican opposition, they thought they could win the messaging war to eliminate those guardrails against their agenda. I think that I think that was that was on purpose. The problem is they never had the votes to begin with. Yeah. Oh. And, here's, and I think so. Because it isn't just mansion. It isn't just cinema. There's like eight other people in their yeah, Senate they're just conference not popping their heads. Right. They're just not popping their heads up. I mean, I think the energy energy on the Dem side. So you wonder we saw last summer it was essentially, you know, there were just Dems. We had the Biden riots. Right. That was just like burning down cities. Right. Trying trying to make it known. OK, you know, it's our way or the highway. And that energy has transferred completely from bottom up to now, like their centers are like, OK, well, uh, they burn buildings. We want to burn this uh, entire institution and say no filibuster. We should have like no guardrails anymore. We need to just like strong arm our will against like hundreds of years of history of the way that this has worked. They want to completely get rid of it. And, and, and it's because of their agenda that they want to push through. They want to federalize elections right right which is just like i mean that is so off the deep end like it's it, nuts people should be very worried about that's their first item on their agenda and that they are willing to like even if any any anyone on their side tries to be like whoa folks this is a bit nuts uh you know we used the filibuster to stop tim scott's uh police reform bill last year uh well, you know we should give this a thought they're like no joe manchin you're a white supremacist to their own people, <laughs> right. to their own right. people. So here's the, and here's the last thing I'll say about this. In a Republican administration, if there is a Republican member who stands athwart a unified party to say like, no, this is just not going to work. That person is very quickly a deity amongst the main mainstream press. Yeah. Think John McCain. Right. Right. Jeff Flake. In, in the Trump administration, think about John McCain's vote against Obamacare repeal. He, he instantly became godlike in the media. And that still enrages right? me so much. Yeah, me too. But I don't want to get into that. <laughs> point, the point is, it is the exact opposite with Joe Manchin and right. he's a traitor. Cinema. They're yeah. traitors now. Yeah. yeah, he's a traitor. Right. He's a traitor. How long can he hang on? Right. right? And every day there's a, there's somebody in his in his face with a microphone saying, well, 
what about all of these? What are all, all the white supremacists voting laws that are going on in all of these states? Do you stand for that, Joe Manchin, or do you want to eliminate the filibuster and pass HR one? Like that's literally the framework of the questions this guy gets. On well, a what I love about it is like I don't know. The DNC should zero out its tracker budget because they don't need it because they, they got these it. reporters to travel to West Virginia or stalk a Christian cinema on the trail and ask the question you would have a tracker ask, you know, on a campaign, a campaign tracker. Why would you hire anyone at American bridge? You don't need them. You got the media doing your job for you. There you go. Yeah, it's incredible. It's one other thing uh, on the Kamala stuff that we were sort of leading off here. I think, I think the thing that we're not really talking about in the media that's going on here is that there's, I think sort of a battle for the future of this white house and what 2024 looks like if Joe Biden runs again. And Kamala Harris wants the credentials. She wants the experience. Mm. She wants to be able to have a mantle um, you know, in this administration. But she doesn't want the political exposure that comes with it, right. which is the reason why she won't go to the border, right? Yep. She doesn't want to see the end result of an open borders policy that she supported and Biden supported. So she wants all of the you know, the credentials and the photo ops that come with being the heir apparent, but none of the risk that comes with being that high profile. And I think that's the tension that we're seeing play out right now with Kamala Harris. That's a good take. And let me just put one fine point on this also, because I'm sure there are a lot of minions that are watching the coverage of Kamala and they're like, wow, did the press find religion? Like, this is amazing. They're actually holding somebody accountable on the Democratic side and not so fast. The reason that she's getting negative press is exactly what Duncan just outlined, because she's getting oppo pitched by the fellow Democrats. Right. Because they don't want there are there are dozens of other Democrats that want to make sure that she's not the heir apparent because they want their shot in 2024, which is now, you know, three short years away. Anyway, that's why you're seeing negative stuff. I love the take. Great stuff. Let's play some more games. Let's go. More games. Back to King of the Hill. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. So, Holmes, you still have Dowd, our reigning oh, champion. God, this is so tough. Uh, Smug, who do you have for us this week? Who do I got, folks? Charlie Sykes? Wow. That's right. I'm bringing Charlie into the mix, folks. Bulwark. I like it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess in theory it counts as like a, a never Trump and, and not a complete dem. <laughs> operation oh, yeah, no, in theory yeah. but like theory. let's be real well you folks. just you, you love to see in king of the hill um a newcomer i love in the arena yeah which reminds me we should probably go ringside ladies and gentlemen your attention please welcome back to king of the hill Brought to you by the Ruthless Variety Program. It's time for our main event. In the red corner, fighting out of the bulwark.com. Standing five feet nine inches tall, a form conservative radio host Charlie Zykes and now 
in the blue corner, hiding out of his own Twitter account, standing five feet seven inches tall, and current champion of the world, Matthew Mail Pattern Boy, that announcer's just always got his stuff, doesn't he? You know what? I think it even sounds better on these new wonderful microphones. Uh, it really I does. Really wish, I really wish I was there. Uh, this I is, know. This is... Next week. All right. Be so, good. do I have? I have. I go first. You have to go first in the first round and the third round. Okay. So this is this is literally hot off the presses. This is yesterday's Matt Dowd. You don't have to go back very far, by the way, to get some hot takes on this guy. It's every day, all day. It's so tough. I mean, I just want to express frustration. Dowd is out of his mind. Like, he's just a machine for these insane takes. I mean, I, I'm going to try to fight folks, but this is, this is a tough one. Okay, so here's uh, yesterday, 9.05 a.m. He's hot at it. Yes, democracy dies in darkness. But democracy can also die in the light of day if we don't stand up and protect it. Right now, the Republican Party is the largest entity undermining democracy. And the path forward must include devastating losses for GOP. <laughs> Good God, dude. The largest, the largest entity undermining democracy. Like, dude, it, we live in a world with China. Right, not China, not North Korea, not Russia, not Vladimir Putin. It's now the GOP. I'm going to fight this one head on. Fighting it head on? Yeah. I mean, you know, you can think strategically of like, oh, I want to drop like a weak one. No, I think I think this one is actually more more broken brain. Okay, take it. This is from Charlie Sykes. Uh, yesterday, 1.28 p.m., Governor Abbott declared, Texans should have the freedom to go where they want without any limits, restrictions, or requirements. Uh, driver's licenses, registration, license plates, speed limits, mark of the beast, don't tread on me. <laughs> this is the vaccine passports thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's his take, man. Like, that is just, like, stunning. Like, he... he and I think it speaks so much to like, ostensibly, these people claim to be like conservatives and they're like, no, 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 no. We, we, we need to be able to decide how we segregate society. You know, you, you can't tell, you can't tell a business, uh, you know, uh, we have driver's licenses, we have registrations. We should have vaccine passports. That's totally the same thing and very normal. I do love the true con take is like, don't tread on me. Um, you know, but you can tread on me as long as it's not the government. Seriously. You know, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice little asterisk, I, have, I have like so much to say about these clowns. They they make me so mad, so <laughs> mad of like none of these people could actually live off of eating what they kill. Right. No one wants to listen no. to these takes. They're sponsored by like, you know, left wing billionaires or like think tanks. That's right. the only way they can drop these takes. No one wants to hear this garbage. No one cares. They're not influential. They don't matter. And that's why they drop these dumb things that like well, their whole hey, point folks. is that they're Republicans, apparently, that oppose everything that Republicans stand for. Like they're less than five percent of the of the entire country. And yeah. yet 
they're all paid to give us their opinion. Like he, the, he, he is comparing a, a driver's license, a form of identification to a vaccine passport. Right. Like, and, and doesn't see there's any kind of a mental leap there at all. <laughs> totally normal. All right. So all that's right. why, I mean, it's insanity. Judge, I think that's judge the and jury, judge and jury. Judge and jury. So, whew. Um, it's a good doubt take. Um, you know what I always go back to is like how original is it? And I feel like Dowd, you know, that's that's pretty standard fare across most of the media and the lib establishment now. The largest, the largest, the I largest. Mean, I feel like and- we have Bill Crystal on saying the same thing, or or Radio Free Tom saying the same thing like two weeks ago. I don't. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I like. I, that. I think Sykes truth. gets round one. Let's Boom. go. I am. Sykes stays I am alive. stunned. Go Charlie. Stunned. Go Charlie. Okay. Stay crazy. He's the up and comer. <laughs> okay. I got to get my. This is his first together. appearance, right? It's his first appearance. He landed a solid haymaker in the first round. Let's go. All right, Smug. Go. You got. You have to lead round two because I'm going to strategically pick. Yeah. Well, this is strategy too. I mean, this is the <laughs> the folks at home. Everybody loves, and they tell me they're like the boomer. <laughs> the boomer takes he's playing to the jury yeah here. so i really i really love this one um so folks at home there's this awful absolutely horrific uh twitter account uh called room rater oh god which uh you know all, all the oh, like jesus I'm in all the broken brain people love to be like hey so when i like skype or you know when i zoom into like msnbc uh i try to set up my background so there's like a bookshelf and it looks very tasteful. Like I'm a, you know. And room rater oh, rates, oh, rates their yeah, setup. I'm a very worldly individual, you know. Right. And they want to, they want to please the crowd and the crowd for all the room rater stuff is, is like as, you know, harebrained MSNBC right. left wing broken brown, you know, as the you worst. can get. The worst. So room rater gives uh, Charlie Sykes a 10 out of 10. They say ship art, small bird art, lamp work, flowers. Even without doggos, it's 10 out of 10. Oh, come on. They even said even without doggos. Like, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I just want to make sure if I if yep. I approach go for it on this. Yeah. Uh, we are not going to be making a judge or jury decision based on the someone else's room raider. And that's why that's a gold on this. Is he quote retweeted this because he's that broken brain a boomer. I said some personal news. Boom. Some personal news. <laughs> Come on. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> he wanted everyone to know that Room Raider was like 10 out of 10 without doggos. <laughs> the thing I love about Room Room Raider, and I've seen a lot of journalists, you know, do something similar here to Charlie, which is like, you know, they they really appreciate the ratings and they try to improve their background setups for these ratings. It's this really weird inside baseball vein it thing is. that it's the media bubble does. Beyond Beltway, just like it is so insular. But the people that run that Room Raider account, it's actually like that it's that Russia Gate conspiracy yeah, it's a theory grifter. lunatic that that Claude Taylor guy who puts up all the billboards. 
Like he's a straight up Russiagate conspiracy guy. And he was forced actually, because like, didn't he claim he was like Obama on his like Twitter bio? He claimed he was like Obama White House or something. And like actual Obama White House people were like, nah, you got to take <laughs> that off your profile. Resume. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so that's who this guy is playing. I'm going to take this guy down because this guy, this I'm not going against Claude here. Uh, right. So I just want to make that, that clear. But here's here's Dowd, uh, because I, I think I've I think I've got this. The anti-Trump Republicans who think the GOP can still be saved and Democrats pushing for bipartisanship with the GOP are akin to a person in an abusive relationship who won't leave and continuously claims that the person deep down is a good person who will be better in time. Nothing, Ooh. nothing, nothing quite seals the deal for one of these assholes, like like comparing their politics of, of somebody that they don't like with domestic abuse. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I, I think I got this. Are I you mean, kidding me? That I is, think I got this. That's dude. like that. That's like surface of the sun hot. Dude, dude this is like ship art, small bird art, ramp work. <laughs> no, that's Even that's without Claude. doggos. But he, he pushed it. Okay, well, look. I like the Sykes. I like that Sykes wants the clout of the roommate or a cl- totally. account. I mean, we're talking about doggos, you know, and, and there are a lot of we're not talking about media doggos. who who should realize who they're engaging with, who is a Russiagate lunatic and stop trying to preen for his approval. But I mean, that doubt take is red hot. Domestic I got it. Just inoffensive, like at a base level. Absolutely. Totally offensive. It's so doubt takes round two. It's terrible. All right, so here's my round three, and I'm gonna go for a little different. There was a million to choose from, but oh, but I like this yeah. one because it, it angles me in on a couple of different uh, narratives that we've used in this game. <sighs> All right, June seventh, eleven forty-five a.m. Are we willing to fight for our democracy? to fight on the beaches, to fight on the landing grounds, to fight on the fields and in the streets, to fight in the hills, to never surrender. I absolutely am. Exclamation point. Holy shit. He quoted Winston Churchill. Yes. Yes. I mean, <clears throat> good God. Did he drop down on, on the D-Day anniversary? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Did he? Seventh. Jesus. What a fucking ghoul. That is so sick. <laughs> No, I mean, like, it's that's sick. I know we're supposed to be worst. like opposing each other, but that is just like, there's nobody well, like can, this guy's talking about young Americans gave their lives on that beach, and that's what this guy's rolling with. Yep, yep, because uh, because he because he doesn't like the Republican Party anymore. That is right? so, so, it's, sick. so it's certainly the same as our grandfather storming Normandy. I, I am. I am personally offended <laughs> by the by it's a lot. It's the depravity to have that take. I mean, like, good God. <laughs> what what makes someone what makes someone that broken? That broken. I I don't know. It should be a case study. We should all examine it. I've I've been to Normandy, you know, I've been to yeah. Omaha Beach, you know, I've seen all of those gravestones and it's it, if you ever get a chance to do it in your life i highly recommend it it's incredible they pay they play the american national anthem on the hour every hour um they actually do an incredible job over there but 
you know, I, I don't know how anyone could 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 have seen that experience or and then try to compare it to anything in partisan politics. It's just disgusting. You want to just give this to me? Do you want to I mean, I really can. I'm just gonna so like just for like you know, gamesmanship. My third Charlie Sykes take. I mean, I tried valiantly, but how do you fight in the face of that? It's a candle in the sun. Uh, he, he, Charlie Sykes on Thursday, June 3rd, 844 in the morning. So I guess, you know, top of the morning, he goes harebrained. Why the Manhattan district attorney should have Trump worried. It's just, a you know, walls closing in. Oh, your like, walls are closing uh, in. Yeah, I like that. Like, I mean, come on. I like it. <laughs> I'm just good. not going to take it. That would have been good. I mean, I'm going to try to, you know, I mean, we know this is going. That was great. Well, like, I mean, it's a good, it's a good take. But there's nothing that can yeah, can, can stand up God. to. We're our, gonna have to have a conversation at some point about what retiring Dowd's jersey looks like. Because I am guy, like, yeah, I am like physically sickened by that. <laughs> this guy, I think he's done. Like, we gotta put his jersey in the Raptors. I don't think know. We do. I, don't, I don't know because we <laughs> look. We said the same thing about Jen Rubin. We did. We did. And then she was ultimately dethroned. But she was taken yeah. out. But remember, she was taken out by Dowd. That's she right. Was, I mean, Dowd has <laughs> never given it back. It's Ollie versus Frazier. Wow. You know, it's I wonder if we should have them compete against each other and do like some super king of the hill with like seven tweets, oh. you know, and just have them go I, round do, for round. So, so that's interesting to me is we should have like an exit, kind of like a Hall of Fame thing. Yeah. That if Dowd can make it back, like a Jeopardy tournament of champions. Totally. Like uh, like we put Dowd and Ruben head to head you know, with X amount of rounds and mm -hmm. we give them more space, like right. your to date takes. We yeah, got to yeah, put yeah. all the minds in the program to this and we'll come up with a solution that will. And announce. that's the only way to be retired. Like we'll maybe that's how we, maybe, maybe the, champ the, doubt the champ survives. of that's retired. Yeah. Maybe that's the game we play at a ruthless live. I don't know. I think that's Ooh. great. I don't know. I love it. Anyway. All right. Let's get to this interview guys. This is a fantastic one. Governor Greg Gianforte. I want to welcome to the program a guy that we are big, big fans of here on Ruthless, the governor of Montana, Greg Gianforte. Governor, how are you? Josh and Spud, good to be with you. I'm doing great. Man, this is- The, tr uh, the trout are rising. The sun is out. The, it's all good. That, well, that's right. I mean, look, you've been on the job all of about five months and your staff sent over, I couldn't believe my eyes, your staff sent over a couple of items that I can't believe you already got, you already cut income taxes, property taxes, equipment taxes. I mean, it's like, you know, they got a business guy in the governor's mansion. Look what happens. Well, it's, that was the mandate we had. You know, we've been, I was the first Republican governor elected in the state of Montana in 20 years. Wow. And we had to, yeah, we had to get wild. after it. So we, uh, our legislature only meets for 90 days every two years. So uh, I got sworn in on Tuesday. They gave me till Friday to produce my first budget. And uh, we just got after it. The, the tax reform that I'm kind of most excited, I'm a free market guy. I think that you work hard. You ought to be able to keep the fruits of your labor. Uh, we put an entrepreneur magnet bill in place, which if you come to Montana, start a business, hire at least 25 people. If you then sell the employee-owned stock, you keep 100%. The tax on that, the cap gains wow. on that, 0%. You're uh, going to so, empty uh, California. You're going to empty California yeah. with a bill like that. <laughs> well, I mean, so well, I'd heard so. We, have to, we ask them at the border when they come in, are you a political refugee or are you a political <laughs> missionary? There you go. And uh, we're trying to 
that's my mandate for the people of Montana. We're, we got a more good paying jobs while we protect our quality of life here. Yeah. I mean, it seems like for a lot of businesses, uh, one, of, one of the lessons from COVID when everyone's working remotely is why would I work in a very high tax situation? You saw a lot of folks leave for like Miami and in, in a lot of Californians I had personally heard of headed to Montana. were like, well, why should I go back? I mean, it's incredible what you've already accomplished. Yeah. Well, we have, you know, we have a quality of life that's unmatched. And with the expansion in broadband, I, this is the less, I think the silver lining in the pandemic was if you have a desk job, you don't have to go to work anymore. Yeah. So why <laughs> yeah. wouldn't the smartest people are going to move to the most beautiful places, bring their job with them. We just launched a campaign this week, the Come Home Montana campaign. The website's comehomemontana.com. We know who these people are. Mm -hmm. uh, they've graduated from Montana high schools. They've gone to university here. We're targeting them through social media, direct mail. Uh, we're trying to put families back together. That's awesome. I love it. Well, one of the things I think you basically led the way on, it's a, a federal debate now about unemployment uh, and, you know, crisis across the country with people basically receiving more on unemployment than they would with their job. And, and with this administration, it's been up to governors and, you know, predominantly Republican governors to say, hey, like, let's get back to work. I know that you were, I think, the first governor to stop accepting the federal unemployment uh, plus ups. Yeah, that's right. And uh, honestly, I got sworn in in January uh, after uh, decades of Democrat leadership here. I inherited a mess as it related to the pandemic. Uh, and we we started immediately. We we got the vaccine to people that were most likely to have complications or death that drove hospitalizations down. We put uh, lawsuit protection in place for small businesses, nonprofits, and churches so they couldn't be sued because of COVID. We got rid of our statewide mask mandate. We outlawed vaccine passports. Uh, and then uh, work businesses couldn't find workers. And I had a hotel owner here in uh, Helena, Montana, who uh, had been advertising. This poor guy, he, he was working the front desk. He was doing the laundry he was personally cleaning the rooms because he couldn't wow. find help. And wow. he was only getting one or two resumes a week. We were paying people $42,000 a year to stay home. Uh, so we, we were the first state in the country to get rid of these supplemental benefits. In the first week after we did that, that hotel owner got 60 resumes of people getting back to work. Oh, wow. We're beyond the worst Fantastic. of this pandemic. And uh, I'm pleased that in being the first one, 24 other states have followed us now. And so this is going to be a really interesting experiment. You know, the scientific method, you make a change and you have a control group. So now in the United States, we have 25 states that have kept the supplemental benefits and 25 states that have removed them. Uh, it's going to be an interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I, I know where my bet is. I think people are going to get back to work. We're going to have the Republican states are going to have stronger economies. Uh, and honestly, why would we take the dignity away from people by making them dependent on the government? 100%. Let's give them the satisfaction of a, of a job. Yeah, so uh, I, just, I just looked this number up. It says that Montana's unemployment rate has dropped down to 3.7% as of April. So it seems like that experiment is working pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and, and we still have more people to get back to work, but uh, I, I think we can do better. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch this, this, this work out. Well, for, to the minions who are listening, 
to this. This is the sound of a guy who was elected who knew what to do, yeah. right? This is why being prepared for the job is so important. You've been on the job for five months. Listen to all that. I mean, this is exactly <laughs> what's necessary. If we had every governor in America doing stuff like this, it would be, we'd be in a far different place. Unfortunately, we have the Biden administration to deal with, which is making life extremely difficult. I'm wondering if you have any observations on what you're seeing out of the White House. Well, it's, it's completely misguided. I mean, it's across the board. I mean, they, they uh, opened the borders up. We outlawed sanctuary cities. They're trying to, res they're trying to nationalize elections. Uh, we passed two laws here in Montana. We, we said you need a photo ID to vote. We got rid of same-day voter registration. So uh, this sets us up. We defended our Second Amendment rights. Uh, and we said if the Biden administration passes unconstitutional gun restrictions, uh, our Montana law enforcement does not have to enforce them. Uh, so we see the fight. Uh, we lost thousands of jobs when the Biden administration shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is causing a drag on our economy. Uh, but more importantly, and this is the thing that concerns me the most, is the drag on our uh, personal liberties and our freedoms that are guaranteed through our Constitution, uh, given to us by God, uh, but protected through our Constitution. They seem to be ignoring it. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. You know, the one thing that has puzzled me about Montana that you can you can help uh, clear up for me: How is it that there are so many Democrats that are elected in Montana? It's such a great conservative state. I'm always so surprised at what success they have. Yeah, if you go back to 2012, we have eight statewide elected offices, attorney general, governor, superintendent of the schools, as well as our federal delegation. You go back to 2012, seven of the eight were Democrats. Hmm. So flash forward to today, in November last year, 2020, Republicans won every single statewide elected office. I won by some of the highest margins in the history of the, the state for uh, a non-incumbent governor. So, and now we, the Republicans hold seven out of eight of the statewide elected offices. Uh, historically, we have, a, we have a, about 7% of our population is Native American. They have historically voted Democrat. Uh, and we have some uh, historical mining communities where uh, these folks, uh, they, they tend to vote Democrat, uh, although they're pro-life, pro-gun, pro-natural resources. Democrat Party doesn't defend any of that stuff. So mm -hmm. deep down, they're really Republicans. They just don't know it yet. Uh, and uh, we've been winning them over. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it, there's been a sea change here. And I think just uh, putting forward common sense solutions that uh, Montanans are fiercely independent. They don't want handouts from the government. Uh, and what's going on in Washington, D.C. in this Biden administration is honestly appalling to mm -hmm. so many Montanans. And uh, we just have to be a voice of reason uh, without being uh, uh, vindictive in it. I mean, I just, we've lost the ability to show respect. One of the things I did when I was on Capitol Hill, I served in Congress for three and a half years. I cooked dinner for my colleagues every week. And I'd have Democrats and Republicans over and we'd break bread together. And you know, uh, and you guys know this, you live in this social media world you put somebody behind a keyboard, they turn into a monster. Yeah. But you off the table and you break bread together, it's a lot easier to find the things you agree on. And uh, I, had some, I had some tremendous Democrat friends back in Congress. We didn't agree on anything, but we were friends. 
And I, somehow we've lost that. And uh, now that I'm governor in Montana, uh, my wife and I have been, uh, we've been entertaining every single night. We had Democrat legislators over, Republicans. We've had staff members over and, and uh, it's been great. You find out that we have a lot more in common that separates us. Tri triple masking at dinner, I'm sure. That's, that's <laughs> got to be the way that we... Well, you know, it's hard to find a mask in Montana anymore. <laughs> yeah, as well it should be. And I know that, that smug is, is nowhere near as dangerous outside of a keyboard as he is on a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, you brought up your time in Congress. So I had heard something about a story uh, it was pretty vague. I just heard rumors. I wanted to see if I could get the like inside story. So during the, the, the Kavanaugh vote, so as you've been a successful businessman, you get, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. You've got a private jet. Now, did your jet play a role in making sure, you know, that confirmation happened? It, it did. Uh, Senator Daines uh, is a dear friend. Uh, he was a, a friend before he became a work associate, before he became a fellow member of the delegation. And uh, Steve and Cindy, his wife, uh, have four kids. My wife, Susan, and I have four kids. We would backpack every summer together. Uh, I, he came into the business I started when we were about 100 employees. He was on our leadership team for 12 years. Oh, and wow. he had a conflict. He had a conflict. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearings going on. I mean, we desperately needed uh, someone not a liberal or a conservative. We just need somebody who is going to opine on the law sitting in the Supreme Court. And the vote was the same day his daughter was getting married. Wow. So that's a tough choice for a dad. <laughs> that's so a tough spot. He, he did the uh, rehearsal dinner, I think, on Friday night. The vote, if I remember correctly, was on a Saturday. Uh, so yeah. um, I said, hey, Steve, take the plane, go back. The country needs your vote, and you need to be here for your daughter. Incredible. Save Save the Supreme Court. Unbelievable. <laughs> and Steve Dean's daughter wedding. I mean, that's incredible. That's a twofer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure his daughter will be forever grateful. Gosh, can you imagine the, the added stress well, and anxiety? I mean, honestly, <laughs> at the end of the day, if, if, he had, if he had to decide, he's a dad first and he's yeah. a senator second. But we, we, able, we were able to get both done. Yeah, yeah, thank a, yeah the, the country man. thanks you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Senator Danes is terrific, too. We, we, we love him yeah. here on the program. So I've got a, I got a question just because I'm surrounded with people in D.C. who look at Montana longingly in the summer and, and want to plan a trip. What's the, what's the ideal kind of perfect way to do Montana in your view? Well, it depends what, you, what adventure you want. I mean, uh, I'm a hunter. Uh, you can hunt big game. 11 oh, yeah. out of 12 months here. Uh, the only month you can't hunt big game is July. And, you know, the trout are rising in July. <laughs> you can ski in the winter. Um, there's whitewater. Uh, we have our national parks. 70% of Western Montana is public land. So uh, wow. it's hard to screw it up. I mean, people say, <laughs> well, it's cold there. And I tell folks, uh, you know, there's no, there's no bad weather. There's just bad clothes. You need to go shopping. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've caught fish every month of the year. Uh, so oh, it's. That sounds wonderful. It's just, it's, uh, it's interesting. And it's, it's, it's really magical. Um, there, uh, there's something about Montana. I, I grew up near uh, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and first came to Montana in 1976. I had a junior high school science teacher who flew fighter planes in World War II and trained at the Air Force Base here. And he got back to Pennsylvania. He grew up in upstate Pennsylvania. 
And uh, the only way he could afford to come here on a public school teacher's salary was to bring two van loads of ninth graders with him every summer. <laughs> and we came out here in 1976. And just to talk about the influence a teacher can have, four mm -hmm. people on that trip ended up moving to Montana. No, no kidding. way. And, and I, all through college, I spent my summers out here in the back country. And uh, it was awesome. I fell in love. And this is what happened. You come here, you just, you fall in love. And, and then you, you talk to a real estate agent. You figure out how to rearrange your life so you can make Montana part of it. I mean, that's the thing is like and, every uh, photo I see from folks who visit it, I, I don't think you can be anywhere in Montana and take a photo and it doesn't look like a painting. I mean, it's just breathtaking. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, so, you know, people, it's also been made popular, you know, river runs through it, made it popular. This Yellowstone show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, people say, Hey, is that really what politics is like out in Montana? I tell them, you know, that Yellowstone show, I've watched a couple of the seasons of it. Uh, the scenery is legit, but the rest of it, not so much. Not so much. Well, on a, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you to be out of Washington, D.C.? Well, I left right when the barbed wire went up. Yeah. So I'm, Perfect I'm timing. Happy. Perfect you know, timing. I, I really enjoyed my time in Congress. We got a bunch of stuff done. Uh, I, uh, I got pretty good at voting no, uh, but that's <laughs> the extent that you have. And, and it's an important job. I was honored to serve. the. I, I was the only congressman from the state of Montana in the U.S. House. But I'm a CEO. You know, I've started and grown five technology businesses, and I've got 11,000 employees now. And Amazing. I had, an, I had an experience my first week. I got sworn in on Tuesday, and uh, the team had been focused on the inauguration, and they totally screwed up. They didn't put anything on my calendar Wednesday afternoon. So I'm, I'm bouncing around like a caged animal in the governor's office, and I said, I got I to gotta get out of here. So I, I literally walked across the street. There's a office state office building 100 yards from the capitol and i just started going cube to cube and i said hey I, my name's greg i just started across the street what's your name and how long have you worked here and i've now done that in all the agencies that are under my uh leadership and i ran into a guy and he said to me now remember this is 100 yards from the capitol he says i've worked at the department of labor and industry for 29 years and I've never seen a governor in this building. No. Wow. Well, there's Democratic leadership for you. Well, and it's just better as possible. You could do way better. And I, you know, I had a, yeah, it's just, it's gone on and on. I've started operations reviews on a monthly basis. And we have good state workers. They really want to do the right thing. But it's like we put 22 people on a football field and we didn't tell them where the end zone is. It's really hard to score points. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. That's incredible. Well, good for you for doing it. I'm sure everybody was pleased as punch to see the first governor in 30 years. <laughs> Probably a little intimidating. Well, sometimes sometimes they're happy to see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I want to talk uh, before I get to the three big questions. I want to just open it up on politics. You, you have run and won in very big races with national focus. You got a good eye for it. You know sort of what it takes to, to win. As you're looking across the country right now, ballpark Republican prospects to me, do you, do you think there's a pathway to majorities in the House and the Senate? And does that lay the groundwork for 2024 in your view? Uh, I think it does. I mean, I, I, uh, the margins are slimmer in the U.S. House than they've ever been. Yeah. And generally, the party that's out of power has an advantage in the interim elections. Uh, I, there's no question in my mind we're going to win the House. Uh, what happens in the Senate, the landscape's a little more difficult there. Uh, but the other 
thing that I think you have to keep an eye on in 2022, there's 36 governor races up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, the Republican governors are the last line of defense for our freedoms. And I'm on a call every week with the Republican governors. We, we, we share strategies on how we can advance the interests of our state. Uh, we commiserate on the stuff coming out of Washington. Uh, but we've got to keep an eye on these governor's races as well. And that's honestly, that's where I'm putting a lot of my attention. Any attention I have for stuff outside the state is focused on these governor's races. Again, 36 of them in 2022 alone. So yeah, I think uh, I big, mean, that's a big jump ball. That's a huge point that we're really trying to drive is, you know, we got a lot of balls to keep our eyes on, but what you really got to keep your eye on is, you know, you look at the success that you've had in Montana in just five months. That's what strong, you know, capable, uh, experienced conservative leadership can do to a state in five months. And we got those 36 races, you know, we got to make sure we get our, our guys over the top. Yeah, makes That's a really right. big difference. So I've got three big questions that everybody listens to here. And, okay. and I have a feeling there's going to be a Montana flair on the first one, but I'll, I'll, I will leave it for uh, everybody's interpretation. Sir, what is your last meal on earth? Well, it, it's going to be wild game. Uh, I hunt a lot. Right now in my freezer, I've got antelope, moose, venison, duck, and I, I, I have my own food channel. I mean, I, I, being a tech guy, being a tech guy. Get the guy, food chain in there. <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I love a mixed grill. Uh, so typically we make our own sausage at home, uh, you know, a bockwurst or a bratwurst and a duck breast and a good elk steak. Uh, and Ugh. I'm not opposed to serving a little uh, uh, Montana beef as well. So it's, it's all good. Uh, I, I uh, again, I, I, because I took my daughter to work when she was like eight and uh, it was like father daughter day. And I get home, my wife, what do you think of daddy's work? She goes, he doesn't work. He just talks on the phone. <laughs> and so I, when I come home, I like to do something with my hands. Cooking is therapy. My personal Facebook page, I'm maxed out on friends, but I have a lot of followers. I post pictures of all my meals on my personal Facebook page, Greg R. Gianforte. Well, now we know why the Democrats enjoyed hanging out at your dinner parties. Yeah, this sounds oh, pretty amazing. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm also Italian. You know, the weight of somebody's heart's through their stomach. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm a firm believer in that. That is an excellent answer. All right. So question number two, I'm going to expand this a little bit. It's usually if you didn't have anything to do with politics, what would you be doing? I know what you would be doing because you already did it. Let's say you weren't involved in the business world. You're, you're not involved in politics. What are you doing with your life? Well, I, I've had to reflect on this. My first business, um, again, I've started a series of business I sold at 32. And I was a young dad, had little kids in diapers. And I had to say, okay, why am I here? I mean, a big kind of eternal questions. And what I concluded is, and, and I did, a, I did a, a TEDx talk on this, on I think the satisfaction, satisfaction in life is connected to serving other people. So whatever it is, if you're, if you're building houses, you're not pounding nails, you're, you're building homes for people. If you're a chef, you're nourishing and entertaining and not just mixing ingredients together. So uh, I, for me, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be playing with my grandkids. I could do that for a while. And then uh, uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'd probably go start another business. But I think 
when you can connect with how the work you do serves other people, boy, you got a lot more skip in your step. No, that's great. That's I mean, I tell you, thing. I'd love to go to a Gianforte restaurant from what I've heard so far. <laughs> that's a consideration. <laughs> Maybe we can have like a, a Gianforte ruthless mind meld where we can come up with a concept and, and serve your food. <laughs> I'd be 100% with that. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> All right, so here's the final question. I think I know the way this is going to go with you, but we'll see. Uh, what motivates you more, Governor, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? It's definitely the thrill of victory. I like winning. Uh, we used to, you know, when we first moved to Montana, uh, this is 27 years ago, and I said I was going to start a global technology business uh, in a rural city. People said, oh, you, you can't do that here. I had venture capitalists in the Bay Area pull my name out of their, when they had Rolodexes and throw them in the trash can. They said, oh, he's off the grid. I'm, I'm, he's gone. He's, he's dead to me, you know? And we said, well, and that just kind of got me fired up. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing's more exciting to me than taking on a challenge where uh, the outcome is in doubt. Uh, because, you know, if you, you use a basketball analogy, if, you, if all you ever do is shoot layups, where's the challenge in that? Sometimes you got to go back to half court and just haul off and see if you can sink one. And uh, there's a lot more satisfaction in achieving some goal when the outcome uh, is in doubt. Yeah. And yeah, well, so I like big, hairy challenges. Yeah. Well, you've been sinking half quarters for a while now, Governor. I, I can't thank you enough for your time and what you're doing. And I hope other Republicans, you're running for office, understand what the office means like this governor does so you can, in the first five months, implement the kind of change that you have. Really hats off to you. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Smug, and for all the minions out there. Thank you so much. Take care. So I, one surprise. Well, a couple of surprises. One surprise is I could have sworn he was going to be a agony of defeat guy. Same, <laughs> same. Yeah. Seemed like he was going, like he would have been, but I, he's had a pretty authentic answer on the thrill of victory. So maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. And, and so, I mean, I've told people for years now, he, you know, Gianforte is a personal hero, a true entrepreneur. The guy started like how many business five at least five businesses. He's written books on the subject of how to succeed in business. Got his private jet to save the Supreme Court. I can't think of a better fighter for conservative values. Like it's a slam dunk. Great stuff. Great Let's stuff. Go. I'm serious. I'm, you heard it here first. Ruthless Variety Program will be the first time anybody's talked about this guy potentially having a 2024. Ambition. Seriously, I mean the way that we're talking about five months. He's already cut taxes and gotten their unemployment below 3.7. I mean, how I mean, do you not how do you not take a look at something like that? Yeah, I mean, if I had any job under the sun, if I could get Gianforte to handle it, yeah, done. like you do like a results-oriented dude. Totally. What a banger of an episode, fellas. Great stuff. Well, we've got uh before you sign us out of here, next week is an epic week. It has a potential to being a like record breaker epic week. Yeah. So Man, I look forward to it. I can't wait to talk to you all next week. And I, and I tell everyone, you, you know, you really got to keep telling your friends to subscribe because, uh, you know, we break news. Well, I mean, we bring entertainment. We give you some info. We got candy. We got some veggies sometimes. Next week, you know, we're really, our numbers are going bonkers, but I really feel like 
I mean, they're really going to get into Ooh, the like those stress interviews. Those yeah. interviews yeah. next we week. Sing, we dance, and we, we entertain. entertain. You got to tell your friends, you know, like, subscribe, get on board. And we appreciate the support. Our numbers keep going up, and it's because of you folks at home. We love you all so much. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless. 